Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Who You Lovin' with me, Rachel Campbell. And me, Corey Dilliston. This week we're talking about Angel's Delight and Just Like That and Are We the Burnout Generation? Who you lovin' by Corey and Rachel for all of your throwbacks and recommendations. Whenever the, the audio is bad, I always feel like I can't record. People will be like, oh, what's your podcast called? And I'm like, don't fucking listen. Do you be embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, don't listen to it because the audio last week was atrocious. And the thing is, like, it's the same microphone. It's the same setup. That's, that's just so temperamental. I don't, I don't know. It's just really annoying. But um, yeah, so. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. It's fine. Um, I feel like we've done that. We've finally managed 30 seconds in now. We finally managed to open a show without being like, hey. We're just so candid. <laughs> We're so candid. We're just like mid-conversation. <laughs> Conversation's flowing. Drinks are being had. Like, <laughs> But yeah, do you want to get just stuck right in? Because I know, right, so we are like, if you're listening to this, we're a couple of days late and we're sorry mm. um better late than pregnant so are we allowed to say that anymore because like, i don't know i've are... never heard anyone say that in my life because oh, really? <laughs> like because <laughs> people are like like we're now at the age where people intentionally get pregnant uh, like oh i'm accident. pregnant and it's like oh on purpose like congr- <laughs> is it congrats like no i'm joking um <laughs> but yeah so we just busy gals busy mm. busy gals but we're going to record two episodes this week which will set us back on the right like flow really back yeah. in only good vibes <laughs> exactly so yeah um what what would you like to talk about first like reading watching or listening yeah we can start with listening mine's very heavy very not who you loving okay well do you want to do do you want to tell me about what you've been listening to first and then i'll because mine's not mine's light so yeah i'll go was first yours another bloody murder documentary <laughs> no well <laughs> Um, oh my god stop no it's god forgive me now um i've just oh it's so sad i don't know if i should even talk about this but i just was listening to the interview um so it's fiona donahue interview i don't know if you i didn't know oh, she'd done a podcast yes, Noah. i was like who's who's fiona and then i was like oh yeah noah donahue's mom yeah so we maybe give a bit of background story for people who are not from Belfast because um all our international listeners so yeah yeah because because we're just yeah that's we have such a far reach um do you want to yeah so right so so Fiona Donahue is the mother of Noah who was a 14 year old boy who was went missing in June 2020 went out to meet his friends on his bike and was missing for six days and then was found naked in a storm drain. The conclusion was that he had drowned in that storm drain. And I know it's it's been, obviously it's been heavily covered here in the media. And I have read bits here and there and, you know, like some not so reliable sources, whatever. Um, but this is the mom now on an interview with a guy called a guy the guy that has a podcast is called James English and it's called Anything Goes with James mm. English and she comes on and he he doesn't have to ask her much she just tells her story basically okay and where they are and I hadn't planned to like bring this up or talk about it 
it was just something that I had listened to in passing. And I obviously I hate recommending podcasts when you've only listened to one episode. Uh huh. Is it is it episodic? The yeah, he obviously interviews loads of people. Okay. But this is just like her. She's like a standalone episode or whatever. But it's just like to me, I never really believe everything that you read about these things. And she just talks about the case, what's happening now, what's been concluded. It's off the back of this sort of the PSNI have requested this public interest immunity in that they get to redact the file essentially. And it's my understanding of that it's to it's in the general interest of the public, but it's also I was just reading there before this to protect police procedures and methodologies. But obviously as the mother, she has started this petition to challenge that really um it's got like a quarter of a million signatures do you know have you followed the case much do you (laughs) no Mm. I would say I would know as much about it as the average person who lives in Belfast Uh, but I wouldn't say I've like looked massively into it or and certainly not like I wouldn't be necessarily like I would try (sighs) And I don't mean because I don't want to be dismissive in any way, mm-hmm. but I would always try with things like this to be getting my information from like a very reliable source. Exactly. And because that's... we know how news in Belfast, like Belfast, for, again, for context, for anyone who hasn't lived in Belfast or doesn't live in Belfast, it, it is kind of like small town energy, like as in even though it's, it, it is a city and it's a decent size of a city, it um, things like this tend to like, you know, th- so so there is a lot of conspiracy around what has happened to to Noah um and you know there's been a big community rally behind it as well but because of that then there has been I think a lot of misinformation as well as obviously there there's there would be information there as well where it's factual and I get that but there has also been I think a lot of and then bandwagoning as well where people say something and yeah I know it's just it's hard isn't it it is and it's even hard to speak about it with like as you say, we don't. I don't want to be dismissive. I don't want to be insensitive. I don't want to be biased or anything. Uh-huh. So I'm just sort of relaying this as I heard it. So, for example, some of the things that re- like it's really emotional and it's intense and it's obviously a grief-stricken mother who mm-hmm. has lost her 14-year-old child. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely hard to listen to. Came mothers came forward like. 30 hours later they called the police and said they'd seen a naked child and they thought it was some sort of, sort of father's day prank which to me is like what like what like I don't know and I obviously I don't know how that's proven or if that's just hearsay or what mm-hmm. but I just think it's really really powerful and I just oh I just my heart goes out to her I think it's a good I know what you're like what you're trying to say is obviously I hope you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong but like regardless of the conspiracies or anything you know the facts or the what what is fact what isn't whatever about the case regardless a mother lost their child that day yeah and that's the story you're hearing anyway and when you said to me oh is it another murder mystery like oh yeah I know you know like that it's like it's just yeah this was like a year and a half ago like yeah regardless we know what we know we know how it ended Oh, I don't know. It's just really heartbreaking. And I think 
it's different from reading about it in the media like to hear a mother on who's lost her son and you you, the interviewer asks her something about him dying and she doesn't say the word about like she doesn't say anything about him dying like she doesn't talk about him like that like you can tell that it's obviously hard for her to accept or believe or whatever then I just think like there are times where I forget about this case almost because you'll go a while and you'll not hear anything about it and then you'll just remember like this Mm. little 14 year old child that's just not it's just well sad it is it's awful it is an awful sad story like it's just and to think like they were living in the holy lands I didn't know that oh were they like that's so because I thought they were in North, or is she just from North Belfast? Is that no? So she's actually from Straban. Oh, yeah. I don't know why? Why did I think North Belfast was involved? Is that where he was found? Did I make that up? Did I just make up North Belfast? I just think it's maybe like a different kind of podcast from what we would usually speak yeah, about. Yeah. I think there's no, there's certainly uh, no like easy way to transition way from, to do this. Yeah, from. Such a um, heavy topic into what my podcast was for this week. As we've mentioned before, like me and Corey, Corey and I, um, we don't talk about what we're going to review before the podcast because we like it. It's a nice surprise for both of us. Then. <laughs> um, so my podcast is entirely, entirely different. Um, though to be fair, I mean it's it's a um not not in any way comparative, but um, it is a relatively hard-hitting sometimes podcast now the episode that I listened to I wouldn't say it was like I would say it's pretty light okay um so I don't know if you've ever listened to it before but it's the I Weigh podcast with Jamila Jamil no I've heard about it you've though heard of it. it could yeah, be on my yeah. list um so basically I remember when this was founded oh god I have to get my facts right but it was a few years ago anyway and it was the the movement that was started by Jamila was I weigh and the I weigh movement was to do with um kind of like with body positivity and also to do with like kind of understanding your own worth as a person beyond appearances and whatever society um kind of would construe about you um from their from you know the way that the way that people are perceived in society so I remember I think I don't know whether she started the, I can't remember but the first post that she put up was like I weigh and it was like so like for me like instead of saying I weigh x kilos or I weigh x stone and pounds you would say I weigh a best friend I weigh a wife I weigh um my job I don't want to say what yeah. I do because it's a secret <laughs> but you know what I mean I weigh a big sister like, yeah it's all the other roles and other values that you have that are so much more than just what it says on the scales. So like, I love that as a, as a concept anyway. Um, and I kind of dip in and out of this podcast. So, um, I've listened to it before. I remember listening to Sam Smith when they were on it. Um, and who else? I've listened to a few episodes before, but this one is Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he's like just such a positive. Now, see Queer Eye and it's like it's the kind of show that written on paper I would be so into. I think just because the way it's like it's a very it's a very Americanized show, I, I think. Like I watched one season of it and I just couldn't. The way it was edited and stuff was just not didn't appeal to me just because like I feel like it was more for an American audience than it was for a UK or Irish audience but I do think he's such a like positive energy I love that like I love I just think he's a real positive person like and like I didn't actually I don't think I realized before now or maybe I did because I think he's quite um 
publicly open about it that he's HIV positive for someone to have gone through that and be so positive and be so you know upbeat about everything it's just like the strength of character is just unreal he he had been talking about he has a new show out that I'll need to double check oh I think it's called Getting Curious it's just come up on Google where I had the tab mm. open anywhere for the, the podcast. Um, and it's come out on Netflix. And he actually did have a bit of um kind of negative feedback on that or a bit of, you know, a bit of criticism um in that the way that he had spoken to one of the episodes in particular, I think it was about intuitive eating or it was about diet culture or whatever. And he spoke to a dietitian and the comments that that dietitian made weren't deemed fair by the body positivity movement and um, but obviously you can learn more about that yourself and also by listening to the podcast because he is quite open about that on there but also um it just was really I really enjoyed it like just one of those people that like you can't help but kind of smile and laugh when you're listening to them because they're just such like a wee ray of sunshine yeah and also I learned something new because it's funny because I was writing in my journal today because <laughs> the emo kid never grows up <laughs> um so I have like I don't I don't journal I don't keep a diary the way that like people keep a diary where it's like oh I'm doing this at this time on that date nor do I keep a diary that's like dear diary I kind of keep something that's an amalgamation of both <laughs> and in my diary today one of the like um the like prompt questions was like what did you so it was the end of the month obviously for February and it was like what did you learn this month what's what's something new that you learned and I had to think about it. I was like god what did I learn this month now I didn't write this down but I was actually thinking about the podcast then for for this to review it mm-hmm. and I was like oh yeah I learned about a new STD as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah um because he mentions on the he was like talking about stds and stuff there's a new std out that's called shigella um which i had never heard about so you can learn all about that even the way you say oh there's a new std out <laughs> like new it's a STD. new movie or like yeah yeah um so yeah you can learn about that as well but that's not what i wrote in my diary i wrote about new grange which i also visited this month oh yeah rather than talking about SUVs (laughs) just because like you know you keep that like like that's a primary document from like this time in history you don't want to be writing about Chagella and it's like (laughs) do you know what I mean doesn't sound like you do Um, but yeah the Iway podcast in general is fantastic I think people do have a lot of like mixed opinions about Jamila Jamil because I understand yeah I know (laughs) like for for the listener Corey just did like a yeah (laughs) (laughs) Kind of no, I, I couldn't tell you why off the top of my head but I know this is the thing and she actually was talking about that in one of the episodes was it that one I can't remember or was it a different one I was listening to and she was talking about how sometimes she gets people like dm her on instagram or twitter or whatever and be like I know that I hate you I can't remember what for could you like <laughs> message me and let me know what I hate you for so this thing like she she is a very opinionated person uh very forthcoming with her opinions and unapologetic where Mm -hmm. she feels that she doesn't need to be so I think for that reason people obviously have you know different opinions I do think this podcast is excellent regardless of what you think of the host um and she does get a really really good like range of people on it as well really you know like a-list celebrities and things like that as well so it's definitely worth we listen listen to (laughs) are we listening to sounds good what about you, Corey? What were you reading this week? I realised now that my reading was also heavy. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so I was reading, I think I said it, was, did I say this is my looking forward to? It's called In Order to Live and it's by Yonmi Park. Did she? I don't know. I think I, I can't did. remember. Yeah. So it's that long since I edited the podcast because it was so late. <laughs> fair. It's been a while. Um, so it's about 
I'll, I'm just going to read you the blurb actually because that will probably do better. Than me. No. Yeah, that's what I've I've taken to like because we, we were desperate back. I think once he once he like I'm really really good at talking. Like it's a good job. It's not like the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> um, I definitely like we used to trying to get the episodes down to an hour. It's very very hard to begin with. And then last season as well, we used to always have like you'd have to do your show notes and you'd be panicking about it and you'd be like blah blah. blah. And now I realized literally open a tab. Mm-hmm. with the information about yeah. it and then talk around that information that's what i'm gonna do of, right like, now freaking out <laughs> so um i'm literally just about to say that so yummy park was not dreaming of freedom when she escaped from north korea she didn't even know what it meant to be free all she knew was that she was running for her life and that if she and her family stayed behind they would die from starvation or disease or even execution this book is the story of park's struggle to survive in the darkest most repressive country on earth her harrowing escape through china's underworld of smugglers and human traffickers and then her escape from china across the gobi desert to mongolia with only the stars to guide her way and from there to south korea and at last to freedom and finally her emergence as a leading human rights activist all before her 21st birthday. Why? Also heavy. Heavy. <laughs> very heavy. But also like, why? Like that's yeah. once you get Like once I got into this, I was so, so impressed. Like mm-hmm. kind of, don't know if I should probably say this because obviously this is not a piece of fiction. But then mm-hmm. I suppose um, American Dirt, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with the obvious crossing borders mm-hmm, human mm-hmm. trafficking uh intense they intense scenes in, in in that definitely and it's like miles away from what we know in the western world like this is her life this is literally her life and then mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure she is i think she is slightly younger than us and then how she went on i think she went to harvard and how she just turned her life around literally oh it's heartbreaking like about it tells you about her family and like her mom and dad and her sister and some of the things that they endured some of the things that she saw and like she was a child while they were while her and her mom were trying to escape horrendous but really impressive story my friend told me about it and I would say give it a chance like I feel like books sometimes I give books like 100 pages and if they haven't got me in 100 pages yeah, I'm like yeah. mm, not here for this so for a wee while I was like am I going to get and then once you do though it's it's some story but heavy heavy yeah <laughs> the, the, the theme of this week for me but no I really liked it it's sort of reminded me of, in bits of American Dirt just because of the theme but obviously it's an autobiography an autobiography yeah yeah it's just meant like different worlds different world in North Korea it's like and like you think you have problems I'm yeah. sure after that right. like you're like this is... and like how like she said they used to like get pirate copies of like DVDs and she's like watch the Titanic and all and like she loved the Titanic. It was like her favorite movie, and like, you know, she was talking about like the how they did sums in school. Mm-hmm. I know you do. Like, if your neighbor has four apples and your other neighbor has six apples, where like mm-hmm. their maths books were like, like I'm not going to curse, obviously, but. Um, well to be fair we've learned quite well how to beep after the season opener so but basically it was like if if your dad killed five american 
words and then like this is how children learn maths in school they're like just like how indoctrinated they were how she didn't never ever knew any better and how she her she changed her own beliefs from growing up believing in the leader one of the kims i can't remember which one and even how you can see her that was the most Donegal description of like a dictator <laughs> one, one, um, you know the kims up the road <laughs> i can't remember which one but like you can see her like gradually you know she's like question she starts to question it as she gets older and then she, as she gets like further away geographically from there and oh it's just good story very good what about you i i was listening to not or sorry not listening to i read i actually did read it instead of audiobook and i was reading rodham by curtis sittenfeld it's the story of hillary rodham clinton if she had not married bill clinton so like an alternative ending yeah hillary clinton yeah interesting so like I would say I don't know an awful lot about I'll actually I'll read the the blurb so Rodham is an American alternative history novel written by Curtis Sittenfield and published in or Sittenfeld and published in 2020 uh the novel imagines a world in which 2016 U.S. Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Rodham Clinton never married Bill Clinton and instead pursued her own political career so I would say I don't know an awful lot about Hillary Clinton. I don't know a lot about American politics in general. Like, I'm not the most informed person at all. Like, in fact, I'm probably less than average informed about it, to be honest. Because, like, I haven't ever really taken a massive, like, interest in it. I suppose I don't know whether that makes me very small-minded or close-minded. But, yeah, I don't I don't know a huge amount about the situation. I just had seen this book all over bookstagram um, and was like, oh, sure, I'll i'll read it i'm a science it's an interesting concept Hmm. i would say the first it's a novel of two halves i would say obviously both fictional but the first is an imagined imagined real life like as in obviously the author has thought about hillary and bill meeting in college which they did do like it's based in fact obviously and thought about how their relationship would play out if if there you know if there had been a fly on the wall at the time mm-hmm. and I would say like the first bit reads a bit like a romance novel rather than a like political like mm-hmm. fiction or whatever but it did like I was engaged like I mean I would say like I was then very interested like I was googling I was like Hillary and Bill when they were in college like what yeah like do you know what I mean it was like interesting um and like even trying to figure out which parts of it were true like um he had a scholarship and stuff and that that is based in fact like uh, you know there was there was kind of facts peppered throughout the narrative um in the first half then the second half obviously is based on they split up and then he pursues so his when she when he meets her in the book he says look I'm going to be president like I've decided I'm going to be president at some stage and she's like all oh, right okay like you know like she does obviously she's like okay well if you want to be like you can try your best kind of thing but she mm-hmm. kind of was like right but it just it's interesting because the second half shows how basically without any spoilers I don't know whether this is it it shows the impact that him being married to Hillary had on his political career and how it played out um so when you take hillary out of the equation what bill clinton's career would have looked like as well as hillary clinton um and it's it's interesting now there were bits of it that for me i was like 
okay, this is getting very like, like they'd be talking about candidates that would have been running in say 2016 once you've taken out the history of Bill Clinton being in the White House, blah, blah, blah. And that to me, I'm like, don't know, like, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, such and such would have run. And I read an article afterwards, like how realistic that would have been. And people were like, yeah, yeah, that would have, that adds up, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. But for me, like, I, I personally wouldn't have known a lot about it, wouldn't have known who these candidates were, etc. But it was interesting. It was very interesting the way it plays out. It had me Googling like facts. It had me mm. Googling YouTube videos of interviews that, so interviews that would have happened in real life but then Hillary wasn't in them oh you know what I mean so right, stuff okay. like that so yeah, it's yeah. a bit like oh like as in it confuses your own timeline you're like oh okay yeah yeah that makes sense so like yeah. if she wasn't there how would that have played out yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that so um I do think even regardless of whether you have a massive interest because as I said I didn't mm-hmm. um if you don't have a massive interest in American politics or even like American history things like that you might still really quite enjoy it because I did mm. I really did think it was quite good like um yeah. it just I say if you did if you have an interest in American politics if you have an interest in Hillary Clinton or whatever it would even be even more interesting so great definitely go for it but uh-huh. I thought it was good it was a good read and it was a relatively easy read I would say the first half as I said read like a romance novel I don't know whether I'm allowed to say horny on this podcast but like <laughs> whoo <laughs> Like, I wouldn't she be lending it to my auntie or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't be going up to my mother-in-law being like, "Have you read this book?" <laughs> um, the first half's like uh, raunchy. Um, I think they try and explain because obviously we all know we all know what we know about Bill Clinton. Mm. Um, so they're trying. I think they're trying to explain why right. that would have happened. Uh-huh. Um, and it's yeah I was like Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah so that was that's pretty much the summary of the book it's very good you should give it a wee read if you get a chance um and it's pretty light too I mean you could definitely it could be like a beach read no yeah. bother like it's not it's not super heavy as I said it does get a bit in the second half it can it can kind of there's a couple of bits that you maybe wouldn't know about and things like that but it's certainly not like it's not a heavy like by comparison to your book it's hmm frothy (laughs) Frothy. so yeah moving on to our watching for the week and we both watch the same thing so we've been dying to talk about this for weeks now ages ages um and we have finally finished and just like that which is the sex in the city sequel it's not really a sequel is it it's the the like it's not a reboot either because reboot means the same show redone i think so it's like the rest of Sex and the City after the second movie. So <laughs> the um, if anyone hasn't, I don't know whether we can give a spoiler free, free review on this one. Impossible. No, I don't think so. So if you haven't listened to or if you haven't, sorry, if you haven't listened, why am I obsessed with listening to things today? <laughs> if you haven't watched it, I would say fast forward by about five minutes ten minutes uh, fast forward five minutes see if we're still talking and then go because we we obviously have we've bits at the end here you want to hear don't yeah. miss out but um but i think we're gonna have to there will be spoilers so um we'll give you time we'll wait go on ahead there you go are they gone yeah they're gone <laughs> so and just like that where do we start like, i think oh, i don't know i feel like i'm gonna say nothing valuable which is really a disappointment because um it's been like something that i wanted so, to speak about for so long uh-huh the first episode i was like oh not into this 
Really? That's so funny because I would say the first episode got me hooked right in the feels. So I mean, we crying? Oh, I was crying. I was a mess. And like, I'm just for context, I'm not a crier. Mm -hmm. I'm not a crier, really. Like, I wouldn't cry. Don't really cry TV shows. Definitely, I only cry when things are terrible, terrible, sad, like someone's died or something. Mm -hmm. Um, which is what happens. So for everyone who has watched the series, and I think at this stage, if you haven't, you will have had this spoiled for you anyway. Because yeah. I remember you got it spoiled, didn't you? Did you get it spoiled? I remember no, Carla did. No, she I got it spoiled. I, for I her. think I watched it pretty soon after it came out. Like yeah. So basically, in the first episode, there are little nods, and I bet you I didn't ever actually rewatch it, but there are nods to say that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I remember definitely. we were watching it and like, obviously he's taking his like angina medicine and stuff for, so big, obviously Harry's husband. Um, he, you know, we can, cause he's had heart problems before in the series and stuff. And then, um, so he's taking his like angina medicine, all of that. And then he's like, Oh, I'm just going to go for a run on, or a, a, I, that goes to show you how often I exercise <laughs> a cycle on the Peloton, a session on the uh-huh. Peloton. Um, and she was going to um, Charlotte's daughter, Lily's recital. Then he goes on the Peloton and he has a heart attack and he dies, which now I know afterwards, everyone made fun of it. Because they were like, she had so much time to do CPR and to call an ambulance and blah, blah, blah. But at the time, I didn't think about that. I was just too busy being sad. So I was sort of like, is he dying or is he not? I was like, hurry up and let oh, like, no, either really? way. Can put it. Yeah, oh my God, like, it ruined my life. Because it was so long, I was like, oh wait, is he going to live? Is that why they're dragging this out? No, it was for people like me who were crying. <laughs> I... <laughs> to gather ourselves. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't I don't think Big was a substantial enough character. Oh, for... really? I just, yeah, no, I was like very attached and then very sad. No, so they got me in the first episode. They obviously didn't get you. Then I did feel like there were a lot of fillers. Like as in there were, I would say every second episode was filler, not thriller. And then. But as, to be honest, I sort of, I liked I liked it I liked it in the way that obviously it's like nostalgic you're liking it because it's like oh those are my characters and they're back I don't know whether it's a standalone season and then people do say and I kind of agree with the commentary on Miranda like what happened Miranda she's gone from like top tier character yeah to like because people say like maturing is realizing that Miranda's the best character yeah, like I know, that, like, I know this has just been flipped on its head. Because... Oh, 100%. She's, she was awful this season. Uh, She's awful. Disappointing, like... disappointing for her. Um, uh-huh. For um, sure. And and Steve. I love Steve. Steve. And we Steve don't... was always like, yeah, fair enough. Okay, cheated on her in the first movie. But like, I mean, otherwise he was the perfect husband and partner. He was always like there for her, always like, always willing to put up with her crap and she really was like she was always mean even when she was like being a good friend in the series and in the first two movies she wasn't always a nice partner she was actually quite no because I'm actually partner. re-watching the series uh-huh. from the well it was from the beginning I'm like halfway through now and just like I just love that early Steve and Miranda where she's like yeah, yeah, yeah. no I don't want to like yeah, him stop and at then, me, yeah and he's like I want to come with you while you get your eye surgery like yeah, yeah. I want to be there for you just let me be there for you and she's like no I don't need you to hold my hand uh-huh, but then uh-huh. she's like oh no and then she runs out of the club and the pouring yeah, yeah. rain that night and all yeah I like their early stage I know I know I would say yeah Miranda not great 
Charlotte never got a freaking storyline the whole season. Uh, uh, This sounds like we didn't enjoy it. We did enjoy it, but we enjoyed it, as I said, in the way that you're going to enjoy something familiar. Like, as in, if you eat a snack from childhood that you loved, you're going to, you recognize now that it's not nice. It's not that pleasant to eat, but it's, you know. I'm it's looking at you, nice Angel's Delight. Do you Angel's know what I mean? It's like whipped milk. But like, but like, it's nostalgic. So yeah. I just love that it existed. Like, I love that they made the show. I love that they tried to do it. Um, Justice. Yeah. Although it's arguable how well or not that was done. But seeing all the old characters, seeing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. they like, And then it was so sad, obviously, seeing... Um, Stanford because obviously Stanford was in the first and second episode and then unfortunately the the actor Willie Garson actually passed away so and um, did you see um I remember reading and I know it was probably on the Daily Mail or somewhere not really reputable mm -hmm. but it was Big Steve and Aiden confirming that they were in the reboot and, and Aiden never appeared. And John Corbett, who played Aiden, has since had to apologize for saying that he was going to be in it. Oh, really? I swear to God, yeah. Because I was like, I've definitely read that somewhere. I've definitely sent that article to someone. And uh-huh. then apparently, like, Sarah Jessica Parker was asked about it in an interview and she just, like, laughed it off and was like, ha, that's hilarious. Um, and then I read somewhere else that he he had apologized to fans because he was getting trolled then for not being in it. I was, wait, I did think he was going to be in there somehow uh-huh, in the uh-huh. last episode. Like I was waiting for you him. Think, yeah. You'd think he'd have popped up. Do you know what, I, where I thought he was going to pop up was when, you know, when she rejoins Carrie and goes back onto online dating and she's swiping. <gasps> oh, I thought that would have been a good window for that him. So good, yeah. but no, no, but to be fair now, According to like the canon, as in from like what the second movie or whatever, he should be in like bloody Tennessee with his wife or something. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Three kids that are in a country band or something. Wyatt and I don't know. <laughs> Wyatt and Hyatt and, Wyatt Jim, and John Hyatt. Joe or something. Slagging off all the. If we do have anyone from like Bible Belt America listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I could do, do. I have colleagues over there. Um, <laughs> I do. I think I. I liked Carrie in this season. Yes. Maybe I more think, so than in the original. But I also think, like, keep in mind Sarah Jessica Parker, and I don't mean this in, like, I don't mean this in a nasty way, but equally, like, she is a producer of the show. She helps, and she co-writes it, or she definitely produces. Um, And she knows that the feedback, like, over the years, having, you know, people have had time, and they kind of went, oh, Carrie's actually not a nice character. Uh, so maybe so she's I don't know whether she's, like, giving herself a wee rewrite there, you know? Uh, um, but yeah, no, Carrie was good. Miranda had a fall from grace. Left down, yeah. Fall and from then grace. Charlotte was just silly. It was like, and I don't mean again, we didn't dislike it, but equally she did all her they get all her storylines were silly. She didn't have any anything of serious. substance. And you know what also I read now, and I I feel like I notice this more now from re watching the original. Mm-hmm. Like it was like about it's like where have all the great restaurants gone from New York City because they're just meeting in like crappy coffee shops and like yeah yeah I was like oh my goodness that's actually true when you watch back the first season and they're going to all these like exclusive clubs yeah, yeah, and like yeah, fancy yeah. restaurants that Samantha's getting them in. maybe because Samantha's uh-huh. not there now they can't get into any of the the cool yeah, places well, maybe that's exactly what it is yeah um, but I did like I liked 
as kind of as you said the like nod to nostalgia so I really actually quite enjoyed when they had like the movie score in the you know like when it would like do the little kind of like Carrie's theme music yes. that you'd be like oh like things like that and like obviously when she's like narrating did she narrate over it she did narrate over this season as mm-hmm. well like that kind of the stuff that like the stuff that was good was that makes good. the show what it is yeah, yeah. um and so, even the like like you do you love it for like the fashion the dating yes. the friendship Same as we said about Emily and Paris yeah which is obviously produced and etc by the same team we need to we'll need to wrap up this segment because we could go on about it forever but I, I think what we'll conclude with is would you want another series of it 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. not a question it's called he loving guys what did you expect <laughs> <laughs> i do love it um oh <laughs> uh, no I w- i'd watch it till kingdom come like i love it yeah um, yeah i even the things that aren't great about it it's still I don't know it's it's Angel's Delight it's Angel's Delight it is iconic like it's (laughs) we'll watch it all day like definitely I would anyway wouldn't you yeah no 100% yeah so moving on to I don't think our normally we try and tie in our throwbacks or our um Mm. topic of the week but this week we have not so oh welcome back to all the people that skipped over the last 10 minutes um hi Um, so our topic of the week this week, I actually was inspired about this one because I was on LinkedIn, um, as, as all the kind of corporate millennials are. Um, and I saw somebody had put up a post basically calling themselves, they had put up a picture, I think they were on a train or something and they were, they looked tired or whatever. And they were like, I have not been, I think the first line, you know, the way LinkedIn's got very clickbait. (laughs) Um, but it was like, I think the first line was, I have not been looking after myself blah 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 so and it was a big 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 long post and I think the picture that accompanied was her on a train I feel and she was basically saying like look I've been doing 60 70 hour weeks um I'm exhausted I'm not going to bed at any time like I'm getting two hours sleep three hours sleep I'm trying to balance work and going to the gym and seeing friends and having a relationship or whatever Mm -hmm. and I am exhausted and she commented in the middle of in the middle of this whole um kind of paragraph or whatever she said um and this is what it is to be part of the burnout generation which a lot of people did take offense to obviously keep in mind LinkedIn has a very yeah has like quite a a wide reach in that like obviously there's like 18 year olds on there who are starting out their career maybe and then there's like people who are retired who are still on LinkedIn that are like 65 or whatever yeah some of the older generations were like yeah you're not the first generation to experience this um we like went through this as well and actually in fact you guys are kind of coddled you're all snowflakes oh no um at least you have the the language and the support to say you know I'm burnt out I'm tired we didn't even have that blah 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 um (laughs) so I was like oh is this a good topic so let's discuss like I mean I feel like I don't know it's like I I totally support like and see that obviously the other generations again have like been through it blah 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 totally appreciate that um and also the fact that like mental health slowly but surely is kind of losing its stigma so it is that kind of like I have anxiety or I am suffering from depression or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and you're able to speak about that like my work I know like has 
a huge amount like considering the amount of people that work there we have a significant amount of mental health first aiders mm-hmm. um which is colleagues that are trained to to speak to people if you're feeling down or you're feeling whatever so you do have and now that's I'm very blessed I think I I work for a very very good company and they're very modern and they they think about things like this I haven't had that experience in any other company I've worked in and it has been kind of that there's still been stigma and there has still been kind of like what do you mean you've got anxiety (laughs) Mm, mm, mm -hmm. um so I mean I don't think I don't think it's fair to say that like the mental health thing has like it's not like we've solved all problems to mental health as a generation certainly not but I think the other side of the coin as well is thinking about how like although the generations before us had obviously crazy stupid hours trying to balance family trying to balance all of that but I think we're probably you know the millennials are the first generations generations generation well I suppose gen z as well and um coming behind them gen alpha the first generation to have grown up well millennials in particular are the first and only to have grown up without the internet and then with the internet mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we've done both so we know the difference <laughs> um <laughs> Um, not hugely because I mean it wasn't like we were sitting on emails when we were like five um but I do think like obviously the internet has had a massive impact I think on on you know people's working days and personal lives yeah you know no I know I definitely think I know what you mean first of all about LinkedIn becoming very um clickbaity for Uh sure um I just don't post anything on there to be fair um but like you'd be afraid to start a war I th- I I think it's hard. I always think it's relative as well to like industry and like you said like company what what's mm-hmm. expected of you if 60 70 hour weeks cheaper as I imagine I'd be fairly exhausted too. Mm-hmm. And I don't think like you can see sort of both sides of it because I'm sure someone posting that isn't claiming to be the first person in the world to be stressed out you know and that's not and that to be fair that is what she replied in the comments she was like look I'm not saying I'm not trying to like take away from you or you or say that you had less of a stressful experience and I think sometimes that is the problem and that's why we get that all your snowflakes you're this you're that it's like we were living literally we're living in different times like you know that doesn't mean oh because we have the internet and because we have technology and because we have remote work that we have everything easy and handed to us but you know I was actually I I meant it from the other side of things in that I think having the internet because it means like do you remember do you remember when we had like um what do you call it I want to say teams it's not called teams what do you call it MSN MSN yeah yeah. (laughs) I was like what do you call it that's not teams um and you would have so like for the younger people in the audience um like MSN you would have been like set your status to say like oh I'm going like I'm going offline like blah, blah, blah. Uh, G2G yeah yeah I got to go yeah or brib be right back um because you left your computer and then you, yeah. you weren't on the chat anymore whereas now you're constantly constantly available yeah to 100%. And is it any wonder we're all exhausted like and I don't just mean millennials I mean everyone who's involved in this world right now like is it any wonder no I you don't know? De- and I swear that's in, I know I'm obsessed with Lost Connections, but I swear he talks about that in Lost Connections, about how being on on all the time, essentially, and then even the likes of, like, I know we spoke about this recently in terms of, like, trying to switch off from your phone and switch Mm -hmm. off, but, like, being this idea of being reachable all of the time, you know, whether you have a work phone or whether you have your emails on your work phone. Yeah. 
or emails like, on your if phone you think or whatever. About it, like, do you know, like, how many years ago? I'm gonna like embarrass myself as, as a historian here, but like, you would have been if some say you needed to contact somebody and it's their day off work, right? You would have rang them, and then if they didn't pick up the phone, shit one like you're not, they're not picking up. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You couldn't text them, you couldn't WhatsApp them, you couldn't Instagram them, you couldn't like. There's so many ways. They can't contact you. That's yeah. it. Like you, they tried ringing you. They shouldn't be ringing you in your day off anyway. And now they haven't been able to get you. It's a tough luck. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, like, there's no avoiding people when you want to avoid yeah. them. Like, equally, I was thinking about like the other day I was in Boots. Um, yesterday actually. Um, and do you know the whole thing of like obviously the media creates this thing of like image and beauty and diet culture and like what you should look like and what he should look like and what everyone should look like and then solves the problem they created by offering you makeup and diet tablets and Mm -hmm, skinny mm -hmm. food and all of that stuff which like it took me 29 years to realize (laughs) so (laughs) so I totally appreciate if people haven't realized because it took me that long um and I was in Boots the other day and the first stall I came across in in Fountain Street coming in from Fountain Street so for the Belfast Ogles back aboots. I went in that entrance and there's like a big stand and it says health and well-being or something which like surely in boots it's all health and well-being but you know and all the stuff on it was like herbal remedies like lavender bath salts eye masks things like you know self-care things yeah. but the funny thing like so boots is trying to sell me the cure for this the anxiety and the stress that was created by people that sold me an iPhone and sold me a laptop and sold me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a TV that plays, you know, Netflix that shows me all the people with their wonderful lives or whatever. So like the consumerism has taught me to be unhappy with it. And then now they're going to also sell me the remedy, the remedy for mm-hmm. it. It's just madness. Do I sound like a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> like... No, I think, what is it? Like those who make the pills make the poison or something? It's like it's a vicious cycle and it's, uh-huh. even when you do realize that you have to like decide actively on how you're going to respond to that it's like you're like where your boundaries are or where your limits are and like I think sometimes that is why like it's so good to have the conversations and in a way you know like you said the stigma is slowly lessening Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and you know you would hope that in years to come it's going to be we're going to be passing this message down to the next generation yeah. at an earlier age than it maybe took us to realize it for ourselves kind of thing mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but I know what you mean like I think you you can be like blissfully ignorant to it for so long and then like you walking into the back of it so it'll just smack you in the face the odd <laughs> time then <laughs> straight back. Why do you go in that way? I never go in that way. I went in that way because I was going to visit our lovely friend who's just had a baby. And um, yeah, and um, I'll not name names because I mean, there's no announcement to this baby. No. <laughs> it's a secret baby. Secret baby. <laughs> so I went to get chocolates from Hotel Chocolat. Uh, and then I had to go get baby bottles from this. Um, so that's what I was doing. But yeah, so. Um, yeah, no, that's that. Basically, that's the 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 too long didn't read, which Corey learned about today. <laughs> T- time, location, date, and really, I was like, like <laughs> T L D. But the too there's long... another one actually on social media. I see sometimes ASMR. What does that mean? Um. Oh, that's like 
like this. <laughs> Whisper. It's like the whispery thing that they do oh. on YouTube. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like it's like there's there's probably audio sensory something something, but it's to do with the like so like whispering or like hold on I'm actually sitting on my very messy desk right now so the whispering or like that's a receipt by the way <laughs> right right okay <laughs> in case everyone's like geez the audio's frigged again this <laughs> <week>. <laughs> um, oh, I, thought it. It sounded, yeah, so I thought it sounded I thought it stood for something like. Cool. so if you typed in like whisper asmr into youtube not that like it doesn't do anything for me some people find it very calming um i swear i've seen people do it like someone like pour in coffee and put like yes. asmr yeah 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 exactly right. um but like i would say i find like the noise like rain noise and i think rain's asmr is that you can type in rain asmr and you'll get like you know like the sound of raindrops falling like that Ooh. would be relaxing okay. to me but not like whispering and crunching and things like that actually give me the echo probably just give you more anxiety yeah (laughs) give me more more anxiety yeah um so that summarizes the night generation (laughs) um so our topic our throwback for this week is um we were actually just talking about what books and tv shows and films and such what you know the things that we consumed when we were younger what gave us trauma out of all of those which is probably related to the whole (laughs) You know, and the conclusion is that Rachel is a lot more sensitive yeah, and was yeah. as a child than I was because yeah. I can't really remember any. And I also don't think, see, when I was a kid, I definitely, I had a, one of my sisters, I had a sister, I one of my sisters would have been called sensitive. A few of my sisters actually probably would have been called sensitive, like as in they would have referred to them as sensitive. They never called me sensitive. So I always was like, oh, I'm sturdy. Like, <laughs> it's different things though, like but, uh, even in your adult, like I just always remember, I know we talked about this before, but like going to see Gone Girl in the cinema like maybe yeah. you're sensitive in your own way do you know what I mean like as, so <laughs> I would say um lots of things like I mean lots of things scare me when I was a little I hate it so I loved Beauty and the Beast it was like my favorite movie I would say I've seen Beauty and the Beast say I've seen it a hundred times I haven't I've seen it more um <laughs> but say, say I've seen a hundred times I would say I've watched the wolf scene in Beauty and the Beast 30 times out of those 100 because it gave me such bad like I used to hide in the like it wasn't even a hot press like a boiler cupboard in our house when the when the wolf scene would come on because it just scared me so I just it made me nervous like what if something bad happened I know I've seen it before and I know everything worked out but what if it's not this this time time, what if it's different (laughs) so yeah that used to give me really bad like it stressed me out bad like freaking emotional damage on that one and then, as I said to you when we were talking about this before, um, Jacqueline Wilson books in general are just horrendously traumatic. Like, obviously, there's the ones that are like Bed and Breakfast Star, Tracy Baker, blah, 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 Grant. It's when you get into that young adult situation. What was the one you were talking about? So Vicky Angel was one that I definitely, like, as in, and it's not even a particularly traumatizing one. I just didn't like the idea of, like, her friend having died and gone to, like, an afterlife spoilers um, <laughs> for anyone who is planning on reading Vicky Angel <laughs> so yeah Vicky Angel and then Dustbin Baby is actually like I think what I happened in that again I don't know if I've so Dustbin Baby is um again spoilers um Dustbin Baby is about uh I think she's like 13 14 teenager who has always been in the like foster care slash like adoption I think it's foster care primarily mm. system and she goes to find, she goes to find, I think her all, now keep in mind I haven't read it and kicking the arse of 20 years probably, but um, 
she goes back to find like I think all of her foster parents is what she does or I think she runs away maybe and that she so the whole the premise is that she's a dustbin baby because her mum had her when she was a teenager or something and put her in a dustbin and yeah. left her there um and then she gets fostered out but like she literally like goes back and revisits I remember at one stage she talks about like a mother who had like adopted her or whatever and obviously had real serious mental health issues and actually um took her own life um it, mm. like and she describes it and you're like like I can't remember what it I was young like intense I for a kids book like yeah like I read all those like teen books when I was like nine ten I was old like I was younger because I think my parents were like oh it's Jack and Wilson so it's fit for kids but, yeah like, like <laughs> like bad 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 and then also on like similarly did you, did you watch oh sorry I'm standing sitting like miles back from my microphone um did you watch any horror films when you were a kid I don't think so. I, I think, number one, I barely watched movies as a kid. I've discovered that in my adult life. There's so many movies that I haven't seen. I don't think it was my gig. Like, I remember going to see Coraline, which, upon Googling, was released in 2009. So, not when we were children, mm-hmm. uh, when we were on the cusp of adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember, I feel like I was like, I went to see it. I was, like, volunteering at, like, a summer scheme. So I went yeah. to see it with young children. Yeah, yeah. And I was like... I did that too when I was a teenager. Cute. Look at us. Go commu- <laughs> community kids. Love it. Um, I just remember being like, this cannot be for children. Like, how is this not 15s? Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember a thing about it because I probably just tried to block it all from my mind. But I remember being fairly traumatized at that. And Coraline's like pretty dark, yeah. Like for children. I went to see it in, so it came out when we were, I would say 16. Right, yeah. Yeah, would that be about right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I went to see it with my boyfriend at the time. Not, I wouldn't even say it wasn't a boyfriend. I would say at 16, I thought he was my boyfriend. He was mm. not my boyfriend. We were just okay. like texting and occasionally going on dates. So maybe my boyfriend, I don't know. <laughs> we went to see, I think it was like our first date. date. And I say date in vertical commas. And he like leaned over and so we went to see it in 3D. And Ooh. I was so, right, I was so embarrassed because obviously I have like, and still to this day I have big nerdy glasses. And I had to wear my 3D glasses over my nerd glasses. So That's I'd, okay. I was specky four eyes, not just, no, specky six eyes. <laughs> There's an <laughs> extra pair of eyes. Um, specky six eyes. <laughs> and he like leaned over right and was like we should call our first baby Coraline no that's the creepiest thing I've ever heard oh my god I'm gonna die but also we're not gonna call our baby anything because I don't believe that my that this boy I'm talking about I don't believe he's heterosexual nor do I think was he at the time which was a common occurrence for me when I was like nice um but I I wish him nothing but good things but like and he was always very nice like as in we never we didn't have like like dramatic breakup or anything I wasn't like oh you know you're not attracted to me oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that's my memories and that's pretty traumatic too so I mean there <laughs> any wonder that's traumatic for you um so yeah, so that's all of our childhood traumas wrapped up for the week. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe we'll have more in the next episode, which we're also recording this week. So what are you looking forward to for next week, Corey? Um, right, I'm going to, no, I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with, in the theme of, 
inspired by you is what I mean to say. Inspired by you and your recommendation of not recommendation, but your love for Sheridan Smith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So not only did I go and watch the one that you spoke about, I'm also watching her current one, No Return. Right, No Return, which I then mixed up with the teacher because I thought they were the same thing. Don't but know they're the not. I think they're two. And then somebody was giving out who was it? It was like a celebrity um mm-hmm. was saying on Twitter. I think I liked it on our on our Who You Love an account at Who You Love and Pod. Um <laughs> uh where somebody was saying that people were giving out that there was so much Sheridan Smith on at one time. But like they were like, that's not her fault. That's to do with scheduling. She recorded all these fil- or all these programs over a period of time. It's been a like long all- pandemic, like Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, plus she's on that it's not mass singer, but she's on something. It's like the one with the groups. It's like stars in their eyes, but it's not anymore. It's called something else. Right. Um, so she's she's on TV a lot, which like People is fed not off. a problem for me. That's like um I was at a wedding a few few weeks ago, two weeks ago, and the veggie option was like a brie and leek croquette. This is relevant, don't worry. Um, <laughs> and uh and it had, so it was a brie and leek croquette with mashed potato obviously in it. And then it had like potatoes on the side. And I was like saying to the groom afterwards, I was like, oh, the food was so nice. Like as far as veggie options go, it was really, really nice. And um, he was like, oh, you know, because my cousin actually said it was very potato heavy um, as a vegetarian option. I was like, since when's that a problem? That does not exist. Do you know what I mean? So share, the TV being Sheridan Smith heavy is not a problem for me mm-hmm. at all. Um, but very good. What What is it about actually? Because I think I, I got it mixed up with the other drama she's in at the moment. Yes. This uh, family holiday to Turkey. Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. But in episode one, her 16, 17 year old son. Mm-hmm meets someone goes to a party with them is fine his mum and dad are like off you go enjoy have party and then he gets arrested right okay uh, and then we watch that play out then we watch that play out really <laughs> okay. um i think it's four parts right but, i must watch it because i started uh, watching the teacher last night but it's going to go off oh. um like channel five web player whatever it's called right um and I haven't finished it. So I'm not going to use it as my looking forward to it in case I don't finish it before our next Fair. recording. But um, my what I had kind of prepared for my watching this week because I forgot we were reviewing <laughs> and just like that. Um, I watched The Hating Game on Amazon Prime. Have you seen it? What is that? Movie? It's a cheesy rom-com and it's great. Who's like, in it? It's awful, but it's great. Um, Aria from Pretty Little Liars. What do you call her? Lucy? Hale? Lucy Hale. Lucy Hale's in it. And I'm trying to think, is there anyone else that you'd know? I don't even think there is. No? Like, not, none of the rest of them stood out to me as people I know. Okay. It's based on a book, apparently. Um, And it's it's cheesy as anything. And I'll review it next week. I'll leave you hanging on that one. Oh, with, um, I can't wait. But it, it's good. It's it's good bad. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's everything from us for this week. And as always, if you want to send in any comments, concerns, any other, I used to be on a committee in uni and we used to always say any other biscuits and we thought we were so cool instead of any other business. Like, wow. Like, will I ever be cool? If you want to send anything into us, uh, we've got our Twitter at Who You Love and Pod. And then we also have Who You Love and Podcast at Outlook.com. Every time, every time I trip over the email. Getting closer. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's everything for this week anyway. That's us for yeah, now. That's us. No, that's the bell. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain that story next week. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> All right. So that's it from us. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.